What's up, Summoners, and welcome to another episode of Attack Baron, our podcast for those interested in improving their abilities in League of Legends Wild Rift. I am Familiar Fiasco, and I am again joined by my co-host, uh, Rygar the, the Great. I, th- I think you can announce me with more vigor. <laughs> I just want more enthusiasm that you're joined by the wondrous Rygar the Great. Just a little <laughs> bit, but the, the I'll take only. it this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, last time you gave me a great intro. This time you just say my name. I'm upset. <laughs> um, yeah, this episode... We're jumping back in the Rift Dojo, and we're going to talk about, um, we're going to continue our series on macro and discuss the mid game, and I, I think we'll get to the late game in this episode. There's really not a ton, to, it's kind of just concise versions of everything else we'll talk about in mid game. Um, but first, we've gotten some listener questions in through our email at attackbaronpodcast at gmail.com so we wanted to cover a few of them on kind of on this episode so we got one from arctic kirby who is asking how to deal with team compositions that don't seem to fit um their champ their champ pool and specifically lee sin was one that was mentioned and having issues with lee sin in poke comps with people like ash or um senna uh, the people mentioned were Jinx, Ash, Senna, Brand. Uh, but, yeah, we were talking a little bit about this. Um, and I think, we, I think one of the things that we think you should uh, consider doing Arctic Kirby is being uh, even more patient. Instead of looking so much for opportunities to try to kick someone into your team, uh, be more patient for times to dash in and get kills. So if they're at if they're full health, don't look to don't look to engage. Instead, look to kind of uh, like we're looking for those windows of opportunity to get in without dying because you're not going to be the tank. And if you build full tank on Lee Sin, you're probably wasting your potential when you can't yeah. really become you can't be the engage the full engage on Lee Sin. No, um, and and the the. Some of the the real benefit of Leeson is that pure aggression and mobility he has is is great for cleanups, and so I think he's speaking about the perspective of him being part of a poke comp. So yeah, if you can time it out, you could get in there and clean up. But one thing to consider too is that every team fight doesn't have to be a massive team fight. And sometimes it's best to reposition, um, and especially as a poke team, let them poke more, move, move and poke, move and poke. And then like Rygar has mentioned, just, you know, if you find an opportunity to get in, uh, focus squishies and get out if you can. Yeah, for sure. And we got another question from Son of Star. Um, Son of Star asks, um, if we could talk more about weak side versus strong side and knowing where team pressure is, um, specifically because Son of Star is a support player and finds that in game they get flamed by their ADC if they ever go, if they ever leave lane <laughs> to go help their team. Uh, so, yeah, Fiasco, you had a lot to say about this one. 
Yeah, so I've read a lot of the support AMAs that have been shared on the Wild Rift subreddit, and I think we talked about this a bit in our laning uh, episode of Rift Dojo, but basically the support, while it is uh, beneficial, mutually beneficial for the ADC and support to be in lane together, uh, it's also not the support's job to babysit the ADC throughout the entire game. The support is the support for the team. Um, and so the more the support can open up, get get into the map, and, and maybe the support rotates for a scuttle fight or to help take an objective. Um, but the last thing... yeah that support should do is is cling to an ADC all game, um, especially if the ADC is fed. I mean, at, at certain point, you know, if you're Vayne or Lucian or any of these, like, really good ADCs, at a, some point, they don't need the support anymore. <laughs> you know, they're they're just autoing, moving, and, and they have vamp from items, and and it's great to have that CC, but the... I'd imagine that Son of a Star is getting flamed by ADCs because they're losing, <laughs> not not because he's yeah. actually it, gone. <laughs> from the moment it was, there was flaming, it's clearly like they're they're looking for excuses. And I think yeah. I've been I've moved. I'm moving to have support be my second role after mid. And yeah. one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how to win the most games as support when I can't outright carry. As as often, so I've definitely been thinking about how I can how I can apply my presence to more people and kind of shifting that focus depending on how the team's doing. And if you've got an ADC that's flaming you because you're doing your job by you know rotating to mid to apply some pressure, or maybe going to dragon or getting vision in the enemy jungle or in in your jungle or in river. You know, depending on all these different situations, they've clearly got their own issues. They don't understand um, how to position themselves so they don't get jumped on. And they'll get over it. You don't have to respond to them or flame them in chat. You can just keep doing you and, you know, win more games because you, cause you've helped out people who don't flame you. Uh, but yeah, yep. I just encourage you to keep keep pressing on with support. You're, you're as, a, as one of my friends would say, you're, you're doing the Lord's work. The Lord's work. Doing <laughs> uh... a task that uh, a lot of people wouldn't choose to do, then that's what he says to me. But uh, anyways, the, yeah, uh... so thanks for the listener questions, guys. I think that's all we needed to cover for this week. But I did want to give a shout out to, let's see, did he give me to Nasty Squag? I hope I'm saying that right, who reached out to us um, to know how best to support us, um, whether we needed people to go give us you know podcast reviews or if we needed they he needed to download in order to support us best um we do look at the downloads numbers but it doesn't directly affect us based on based on the fact that we're the only wild rift podcast that tends to come up on podcast apps when you type in wild rift we don't need the reviews to come to the top um that being said, we love reviews. We also love emails to us, just like direct feedback, because that just yeah. encourages us personally. Yeah, and uh, I think down the line we will start a Patreon, just so that we can um, we can pay for the subscription fees to be able to host the episodes, 
on podcasts, um, different podcasting apps, and then eventually we'll uh, be upgrading our mics and doing stuff like that. So, but that's coming down the line. I want to get it set up properly. So, nothing right now. Um, just keep listening, guys, and you know, send us emails, tweet at us, DM us, whatever works for y'all. But yeah, I think the big thing is is we want to feel like we're contributing to the community much more than feeling like the community's just contributing to us. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. Well, send us, send us your listener questions. We'll answer them on the show. All right. Tell me about your past week in the rift. Oh man. All right. So last week played some ranked, uh, I think we had a bag of mixed results. It was like, some success, some struggles. I think we finally ran into some like true trolls. I got two times like a master Yi banned my champ uh, intentionally, and uh, one time the guy who was who was the support said that he was going to play top, even though that was my selected role. And then I said I, I, I'm going top. And then when I went to pick my champ, he banned it and said, "Nope, not now." Uh, and then proceeded to steal somebody else's role. Um, so that was the first yeah, time I encountered jungle. that. Yeah, it was not yeah. great. But the rest of the week, uh, it was kind of solo because I think you were off doing some real life stuff. And I just played some normals, had a mixed bag of results there too. But uh, just got getting more new, new experience. And then, uh, you know, just it, it was fine. You know, yeah, how, I think I think go? you're you're not uh, you're not giving it its full due. It was <laughs> those couple games were terrible, and I yeah, think you know tilting. all the listeners have the same have the same experience at times. Is like you you'll have great nights where or or mixed nights, but then some nights you will only have bad games. And I've I've been thinking about this a lot because it's on. You know, it's on the subreddit all the time. People say there's yeah. only trolls, which is not true. Um, we have the benefit of playing with each other. Well, and uh, this is like one part of it is we have the benefit of playing with each other. So in that way, we always remove one of the other four people. So we reduce yeah. the, like the chance that we'll have a troll. But anyways, that's part of it. But I also think... I think we all can take on a new mindset and I've been trying to think of what the, what the mindset is that, that we could think of that's like appropriate. And the one that's stuck with me is, uh, Goku with the gravity, the gravity machine. Mm. And so what happens when he's traveling dynamic is at one point, (laughs) the gravity machine breaks and it goes to 100 when he was training on 50, I believe it is. And so suddenly yeah. he can't even move and he's smashed to the ground, but he just, he pushes through and through that, that's like eventually, you know, how I won't spoil it. You know, I'm just going to leave it there as if people don't know oh my the story of it's Dragon Ball Z, but I'm going to oh leave it there. Goodness. But the point being that he unlocks a lot <laughs> of power through per- persevering in a terrible situation, an unrealistic situation. And mm. I think we take the wrong attitude when, when we come against those situations where there's an obvious troll. That's our opportunity to try to train in 10 times gravity, in 50 times gravity, 100 times gravity. And yeah, we'll probably yeah. get smashed to the floor and 
but we might we might learn something. We might be able to do limit testing, you know, see what we can pull off with our champ. We might learn to play from behind a little bit better. Our macro might be a little bit better or our ward placement, but that yeah, in the cool. long term is going to make us really good. And I think, so I think gravity, the gravity machine, that's, that's trolls. The trolls are gra the gravity machine and, <laughs> and therefore I am Goku. <laughs> this is, this is my logic. Prove gravity me wrong. machines make Goku. <laughs> yeah in the in the situation you're talking about when the troll took tried to take baron lane from you then took the jungler's role i on the fly switched the support role from mid because the troll was supposed to be support and then the other people were like well what do we do and i'm like i don't know i'm just doing the, the best i can and then right. yeah. they then they picked a mid and we ultimately lost but we we came way closer to winning, maybe, than we did if we wouldn't have done any of that. And so anyways, the Gravity Chamber, watch Dragon Ball Z. You'll understand if you don't understand already. The other thing I'll throw in there is Mamba Mentality. <laughs> Leaving it there. The great one. Yeah, the great one for sure. Um, well, what's your goal for this week, man? Goals this week. You know, I'd love to get my wins i'd like to get some wins back for the losses i sustained and <laughs> ranked um and Keep that long view. You know, I, I finished yeah i finished the the uh event so i'm i'm glad so it's gonna be i'm just gonna be like kind of casually doing whatever so if it's ranked like i'm getting those wins back if it's not ranked then i'm i'm gonna be doing the best i can to to just win and have some good games and if not, yeah. uh, I'm sure I'll be getting flame for not surrendering early enough. But <laughs> what about you? What are you? Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah. So I, you know, last week I made, as I mentioned, I made myself a my second role be support, my first role mid, my second role support, and my third role yes, jungle. Yes. Um, Rockin, uh, Senna, Rakan, and Leona, and loving them loving them all but definitely senna and rakan are my are, they're just my people but yeah rakan. that's why i've moved it up but uh, so i'm learning the ways of support role um shout out to all you support mains out there just like um, yes. that was yeah just like son of star um but yeah <clears throat> so that's that was the, my goal for this week is just to become a better um better support main and climb ranked more i uh, definitely want to keep moving because i feel like we're not where we're, we haven't even we haven't played that many ranked games overall this season so we're really not yeah, we where haven't. we should be i don't think no but, yeah anyways well now it is time for my favorite segment which is rapid fire questions <laughs> for fiasco that he hasn't this been prepared is, this is for. like becoming your like favorite segment now <laughs> oh yeah uh, that's what i just said it is all right so oh you can have a meta adc or a meta support but the other duo laner will be something totally off the wall which would you prefer uh i think i'm gonna go damage i, I think Meta EDC, huh? Yeah, Meta EDC, yep. See, I kind of figured you'd say that, and 
since I'm kind of a support main now, I say meta support. I'm like, I want a support that actually knows what they're doing and they've picked someone who makes sense. And if we don't have a good ADC, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> Half the time yeah. the ADC just runs around and, you know, dies because they're pushing too far. So Some, I'll take, ADC I'll take the NASA's ADC and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the Zig's ADC. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> All right, next question. You can have either one person flaming you in chat the whole game, but they show up to every objective fight, or a silent player who never shows up for any fight. Oh, I'll take the flaming all day. Yeah, I, because I've had those games. Like, you know, I've had this Yasuo, you guys are terrible, but he, you know, he was still trying his hardest, and I've actually won some games where in like the first five minutes they're they're flaming saying we're no we're not gonna win and then we win it's kind of like well that's the that's kind of the punctuation there bud like we weren't <laughs> terrible you were just upset <laughs> yeah actually you just like you just kind of like let me into the heart of a flamer it's like are a lot of people flaming just like really passionate about the game and they're upset yeah, right. that they're losing oh my gosh i understand you now i still don't appreciate <laughs> you flaming me though no. All right, yeah. last question. Well, you kind of you already answered this one. So, most outrageous thing you saw in, in game last week? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we we talked about this. The troll thing. Yeah. It really. I so we played one game, and we had this master Yi, and he was. Um, I want to say he he just seemed inexperienced, and it, not just as master Yi, but just as a jungle in general. So we get out of that game. And the next game we get into, all of a sudden our support's saying, I'm going to go Baron. And I'm like, no. And then he's like, I'm going to go jungle. And then he banned my champ. And that had yet to happen to me. And we're in plat. And I'm like, what? This is... It was sad. It was yep. a tilting experience. <laughs> <laughs> you were indeed tilted, but that's okay. It's the gravity chamber, and we're all, we're all, we're all getting better, so... I was like, "Hey, man, why?" <laughs> no response. Yeah, that was that was like a, suddenly it was four v one. Everyone on our team was like, "I don't know what we have to do, but like, let's let's work together. We can we can do this." And then we lost. But you know, yeah, I, I think that was the game. I was I so I pivoted to Darius after Renekton got got banned, and I proceeded to have a good game in my lane, but I just couldn't do enough with the other lanes collapsing on themselves. Despite their, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, well, let's jump into macro and talk about the mid game. Oh my so gosh! So yeah. I think to recap, we left it at essentially once once one of the first major objectives goes down, especially towers, you're generally starting to shift into mid game because the map starts to open up. So yes, yeah, especially with mid tower. Sometimes the side towers can be um, not as liberating. Mid is definitely mm -hmm. one um, that opens up the map a lot, strictly because of the pressure that mid brings. Uh, but you know, if your ADC is fed and they take their lane uh, tower, yeah, you can expect that they're going to be at mid or almost every objective fight. But yeah, so I think uh, yeah, this is a great segment. Uh, to go into where laning kind of transitions into 
into mid game and kind of talking about uh, rotating and moving through the map, uh, especially yeah. because there's there's a lot that we still see even where we're at. And I know that the higher ELO players might say, oh, like Platt's kind of middle ground, but it's still kind of lower ELO. Um, mm-hmm. You see it a lot, man. Like there's just not not enough map awareness and uh, we just can't stress enough, right? It uh, You need to be looking at your map uh, a lot. Um, one thing I read, and this was a suggestion by a player on the Reddit, was uh, they to build the habit themselves, they were clicking the map every time they went to last hit, um, or basically every couple of seconds they were they were checking the map, and now it's just ingrained in their their brain, um, so they're constantly checking the map, and um, that's gonna like that's gonna prepare you for incoming ganks. It's going to let you know where certain people are, uh, and so you can start to plan to rotate. So uh, objectives are a really big thing, and uh, knowing where someone is in relation to an upcoming dragon or rift herald or baron uh, is a big deal. Knowing that the jungler might be baron side when a dragon pops up, uh, if you guys have the numbers... Uh, you might have that advantage in taking that objective, and that's so that's that's a big thing. Um, yeah, one of the and, one yeah, go ahead. One of the things I definitely wanted to give the listeners was like, you know, you're talking about that kind of like way of I'm trying to think the best way to explain it, but a trick basically um, to be able to learn a habit really well. Um, I see. I and I think that's actually why I already have good map awareness. Is when I played LOL PC, people used to say stuff like that, where you, you know, because in in PC you have to do way more clicking in order to do a last hit so instead of clicking. just like one click on the low health on the minion button when it's low health. But anyways, um, when you aren't going back to lane when you've decided that, okay, my laning phase is over, I'm going to change positions, I'm going to roam, I'm going to do this or that. Before you do, you need to check the status of the game. So you need to pull up the scoreboard, you need to say, who's in the lead on my team, who's in the lead on their team, you know, who who are the biggest threats on the map, on our yeah. side and their side, you know, is it are there two people fed on their team and one on yours? And it's a huge difference, or vice versa, is your team way ahead. You need to know those things. Because even if you've seen how many kills are happening, you don't know how much gold people have. Because there can be someone who's got one kill who has more gold than you, and you might have three kills. It happens all the time. I see it when I yeah. check the scoreboard. You need to check the scoreboard more than you are. I, I can almost guarantee that. Um, check the scoreboard. Then assess the map. So... Are, where are the weak towers? Where are the towers missing? And that'll inform you of, you know, what what areas are, are safe to push, what areas aren't. I like to look at the map and draw. I connect the dots, and I say, you know, if I have first tower up on my left side, on my top side, and I've I'm mid tower, we're at tier two, we're on the second tower. Well, I draw a little diagonal line between them, and I say, okay, that's kind of the safe area, is is underneath mm-hmm. that diagonal line. If they're both down, well, now it's a flat line, basically. 
between the two and there's nothing safe in the jungle. So I use that as like just a very rough gauge. It's not actually true. If you, if you have to look at the actual shape of the paths in the jungle, you should be warding the jungle, but yeah, we'll get to that. I use it as just a very rough gauge to say this is where it's safe. And you can kind of add in little tricks to that too. Do I have flash up? Okay, I can push farther. Do I have a gap closing move that's not on cooldown? Okay, I can I can potentially go farther. Do they have a lot of CC? Okay, maybe I shouldn't go as far. Are there a lot of enemies missing on the minimap? Okay, maybe I should not, you know, not go into the jungle blind, etc. So you kind of use all of those things, but once you have assessed the map, you've assessed the scoreboard to see who's the high priority targets, you use that in your choices. Um, you know, where you can then decide where do we need vision, you know, what objectives are coming up, where we need to set up vision for that, or which towers are we missing? Because if we're missing if we're missing towers already, we're gonna need to ward our jungle because we're clear we're clearly on the, our back foot. We need to protect our jungle. On the defensive, we're using vision defensive thing. It's going to protect us from getting, you know, caught out because your teammates are are still going to blindly walk in. Even if you suddenly become perfect at never going into a, a spot blind, we need vision up. So you you need to put up vision. If you're on the offensive, you need to be denying vision on objectives, and you need to be putting deep wards in their jungles so that you can can catch them when they're trying to take whatever or when they're, tra they're traveling catch them out but once you've you start doing all that you can assess you know where are the opportunities that you can gain more advantages for your team if you're ahead you know you're looking to take more towers you're looking to take dragons you're looking to catch people out of you know out of bounds where they've pressed too far right you're looking to remove their wards um yeah, seizing every advantage, and if you're behind, farm, farm, but farm safely. You know, use right. words. Yeah, the the scoreboard thing is. I think that's that's something that's such a big deal, as you as you know too what what items they have because it's interesting. Uh, I can't remember. It was one of our games, but we fought uh, somebody who went GA first item, and. Not knowing, uh, I mean, you can see the little, you know, the little halo around them, uh, but it's knowing like, okay, this guy's got GA, so like if I kill him, I'm basically going to have to kill him twice. Uh, so knowing like, if you find him out, he might have time from GA to to kind of have backup come, and then all of a sudden, even though you caught him out and you could you killed him, now two more guys are there and you can't 1v3 and you're dead. So and and knowing too how to counter build uh that goes into the whole scoreboard thing too so that that's a that's a yeah. really great point and i what i see a lot and what makes sense is if you're in a place to safely backport uh it's very easy to pit, pull up the scoreboard while you're waiting to mm -hmm. get back to the fountain yeah that's a great point i mean i think it's like weaving in checking the scoreboard safely regularly mm -hmm. because the game the game state changes, you know, so much that like, because all the while that you're looking to take your farming, you're looking to seize advantages, you should be checking how you measure up against other people. And the better you know your champ, you know, that, and that gets a little into micro, but the better you know your champ, 
and you know how much gold you have relative to others, you know you have a better idea of how much power you have. Like, and yeah. I, especially playing assassins, that's like the main thing I need to know is how much power do I have versus the person that I'm thinking of trying to kill or who is the weakest person that I might be able to kill. Yeah. And that changes how aggressive I can play. But that applies to anyone is it's such a huge part of it. And I think a lot of the times when, uh, when I die, even, you know, I, I could, I could talk about other people too, but a lot of the times when I die, I've not actually assessed whether I could kill the person I was attempting to kill and I get caught out or I over pursue when I don't have vision. Yeah. And right. so like here we've solved two of the biggest problems is, is knowing where you're head, like what's, what's ahead of you, where you're going or where they're retreating to. Uh, and knowing whether you can actually kill the person you're setting up to kill, those are, if you can solve those problems, man, it's like you suddenly you're in a whole yeah. new world. of Right. Yeah. The, you're pushing much, much closer to your chances of success being higher. And so, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about, um, in relation to, to moving into mid game and just being in mid game in general, let's talk about, um, you know, just along the lines of assessing and and knowing, um, looking at the scoreboard and your map, knowing who's fed, kind of like how you briefly talked about. So we can kind of talk about how grouping plays out and, and what mm -hmm. objectives kind of play into. Uh, so one thing, I think we might have talked about it briefly in, in our laning discussion, but uh, a lot of times you'll see uh that depending on the champs picked there are some jungles that will end up at the same scuttle and sometimes uh that can lead to a little skirmish uh you know and if you're if you're mid or your side laner whether it be solo or duo if they're if they're paying attention uh you can have a little a little scuffle for the scuttle um, and so that's, that's a big thing. Uh, not be, not only because you're going to help propel your jungle and get the vision, um, but rotating to be there to prevent their jungle or their mid from starting a snowball is going to be a really big deal. Uh, and that, that rotation, while it, I know like a lot of times ADCs want to just sit, sit and farm, um, that rotation is going to basically help you to push your lane uh, eventually anyways because you're, uh, you're removing a portion of their team where they now have to be more cautious or they have to fill in in places that a champ is missing. And so uh, basically starting to uh, secure some of these things and eventually possibly getting up in kills or uh even just uh trading favoritively uh, or favorably you know those are good things and uh and that's going to help you're saying you like in leading lane. into mid like yeah yeah just talking about like you know there's a if if scuttle or i mean scuttle or dragon is up or rift herald uh knowing where your people are to be able to, to assist them. Or sometimes your, your person gets jumped on at blue or red and being able to be there to deny the jungle is, is a big deal. And that, that all plays into knowing where people are at and looking at your map. 
Yeah, I mean, you you know, it's like out, out of laning phase in that first dragon. You, sometimes I think people are kind of lose track of those objectives, and they're just they're just catching them whenever the map mini map lets them know. And you still want to be sub, sub, securing scuttle because that's gold, that's free vision, that's movement speed to be moving from lane to lane to try to exert pressure. And sometimes the first dragon is not really the most important one anyway. You know, Infernal yeah. is the is definitely the highest valued dragon, giving you the damage buff. The percentage damage buff is just always good. The other dragons are, you know, still matter, but they're never worth dying your whole team dying over, you know, risking they're more like can we can we secure the area to take the dragon cool let's do it but infernal is like a let's set up ahead of time let's you know try to wipe out their whole their whole team or wipe out enough to take it prevent them from taking it you know don't int solo 1v5 to, to try to stop them but right and if if you know one of those if you know that your duos may be losing lane or just not doing as well, um, you know, the chances are that as your duo lane stays in lane, uh, their duo lane is going to move to secure the dragon. And uh, because of this, uh, you know, duo lane might consider leaving lane to go help with Rift Herald. Or if your team can group appropriately and say maybe it's a 5v3 now for a dragon, um, those are all things to consider and be aware of. Uh, having that vision on objectives is huge, but also just knowing where your team is, what their intentions are, and, and then trying to be a part of it, trying to weigh where your advantages are on the map. If, if duo lane's having a hard time, you, you know immediately that you're going to have a harder time taking dragon um, if everybody's not present. And so your team might then take the first tower on the side, or they might push out mid and go for Rift Herald, uh, whatever it's going to be. You want to weigh those options of where your advantage is as opposed to where their advantage is. And just because they're all there doesn't mean you need to force a team fight. Yeah, so I mean, once you start, people start floating around the map, towers start falling, your, you know, waves are getting pushed to tier two turrets on different sides. It starts to become a lot more muddy of where you need to be. People start grouping up and roaming around that way. Sometimes you see people just camping mid three, four people. Um, just, and I think honestly, sometimes it's because people don't know what to do with yeah themselves but you know i think you need to know who the high priority targets are on your team and on their team you need to give proper distance to the people on their team who are fed so that you don't get you don't further feed them if you can you want to shut them down by teaming up on them you know if they're pushing too far alone then you hide in a bush with some of your teammates cc them and hopefully get the shutdown gold um, yeah. Never. One of the things that happens a lot mid game is people let 
their waves get crashed on their towers while they're doing basically nothing. Like they might be farming yeah. a jungle camp when when bot tower is a whole wave is crashing into bot tower and that's gold that's disappearing. The jungle camps aren't going anywhere. Just leave the jungle camp and assess the wave. Like before you start a jungle camp, make sure that the wave if there's a unattended wave right next to you, push that before you take the jungle camp. Um, that's stuff that I think, so that's like simple stuff of like making sure that you're taking advantage of the waves that are coming to you safely at your towers. And that mm-hmm. even like that is something that doesn't get done consistently. And it can be hard to get pulled to one objective and that pulls you away from that or you want to help your team. But you have to balance, you know, helping your team and making sure that all the waves are attended to that the jungle is being properly farmed, that you have vision out. You know, if, if people are grouping for a fight, you have to weigh how far you are, are away. And, you know, if, if you need to ping them to retreat, uh, if you think you need to show up there, you know, get your wave in a place where it's okay. Or if you can push it fast, push it, and then join up. Uh, I think also to just kind of like cue back to our... Uh, our first episode on macro, we talked about champ select and team comps and what is your team good at? Let's like mid game is where a lot of that ends up coming out and and where a lot of advantages get won or lost because of not using your team comp the way that it, it ends up being, you know, even if you don't intentionally put a comp together, you have some, close comp you know of something like you might be yeah a collie playing with a zigs and a trying to think of an avaris and so you've got you've got a great combination of poke well then you're gonna have to wait until they're weak to jump in but that's great you're you're the cleanup now that's perfect yeah you know you don't have to be right in the middle of the fight you don't have to like force and engage you just wait for them to get poked down be you know be more patient than usual uh so you know be thinking comp which you already thought about in champ select and you're like cool mid game now we're we end up grouping or not grouping and play to that you know i think a lot of times people feel the pressure to full team group all the time and Mm -hmm. that can be important like for sure i don't think you should leave your team the whole game but i think people get the message if you ping retreat when they're standing 3v5 because you're attending a wave at your tower you know i think or you can say farm don't farm don't fight which is one of the pre-made messages um right yeah focus objectives and there's a one thing i see in a lot of the pro play through through different tournaments whether it be like the um the series in the eu scene or um even now like the the asian scene and the indian the india scene um you'll see that after a team takes an objective uh, they basically instantly rotate to the nearest tower uh so it's basically like okay we we took this objective uh do we have the do they still have the kill pressure and if they do you know they're basically gonna knock down a tower and then 
they're going to disperse. And so, like you said, there's definitely there's definitely value to being in some of these group situations. Uh, but there's also a lot of value in, uh, especially if you're in solo queue, in getting back to, especially if if say you you went five v five and you came out five over four. I mean, like now there's only four people alive versus five on their team. I mean, that's still pretty, pretty good numbers for them. So you're going to, I mean, going back to secure your lane and push your, push your wave out. If you can't take anything is just as good, uh, as an option. Um, just, just simply for, even though you're kind of prolonging the game, you're doing it safely. Uh, trying to force something and losing is is an easy way to win a team fight and then quickly lose because you were captured one v four as they kind of find you in their jungle or towers or whatever. So yeah, um, and I mean, if you take in a like taking a tower obviously is a permanent gain, but you know winning winning a team fight, getting kills, those things do give you experience, which is an advantage, but the gold is only an advantage once it's spent. And so you also need yep. to reset, like get your objectives, reset and spend and come back stronger. Um, yeah, I think, so I, th- I think one of the things I would, I would kind of to summarize some of the strategy we talked about for mid game, you know, assess the scoreboard and see what the map status is coming out of laning phase figure out who the strongest people are, focus on getting vision on the map, depending on the status of the map. Are you guys on defense? You're behind? Well, you need to be warding your jungle in the in the spots where you're missing towers, and, and you need to be warding upcoming objectives. If you're ahead, mm-hmm. you need to be warding objectives and their jungle, looking for more opportunities to kill them. And if there are no, um, no opportunities to to seize right then you need to be farming safely never let a wave crash on your tower um, i think we can talk about late game here kind of r- overall relatively fast i mean late game many towers are down the game is you know many people are probably at level 15 or everyone's at level 15 by now so your max level the fed people have been at full build for a bit and other people could be getting to full build depending on what happens in late game. So by this time, one team's probably ahead. The question is, you know, how do you close out a game or how do you come back? Yeah, late game is is all about uh, finding the way to end the game. And and we've seen, we've been on both sides where we've we've had that pressure only to lose it and then lose the game. And we've also been on the side where we thought we were going to lose and we swung it back and we won the game. Um, of course, when you're way up and you're fed, you know, that closeout uh, potential is much higher. Um, and especially if the team that you're playing against is just inting. <laughs> but last night I was playing a game that my team was up and um, we had Baron and I thought, you know, we had just pushed down their mid and I thought we were in a good a good spot. So I went back to I knew that we couldn't keep pushing, so I went back to 
uh, start pushing out waves in other places, not just lingering in mid. But three of my teammates kind of did that dance in mid where they're just killing a wave but not able to progress any further. And they all get wiped. And the Diana on the other team, who had been fed all game, uh, and the rest of their team now, who's back alive after their death timers are up, just kind of rolled down mid. And me and the other person who are alive, we just couldn't do anything to to stop them from winning, and they they won. So yeah, yeah late game is definitely going to be about that maintaining your your advantage and. One of the biggest the the biggest traps you can fall into is thinking that because you're up, uh, or even because you have Baron, uh, that you can do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do, um, and you're on such a high from you know maybe winning for the majority of the game that uh, anytime you give them shutdown or give them a chance to come back, you're you're basically decreasing your chances of winning the game. Yeah, I mean at um, that point. You know, if you so the big objectives in late game are Elder Dragon, which is yeah. randomly chosen to be one of the four dragons, uh, and it's a stronger version of their of that buff. So depending on what that is, you know, it's that plus it has it adds uh, true damage to your yeah. to your attacks, uh, and then there's Baron, which is a stat buff. It buffs all the minions that are near you to move faster, do more damage. Um, you get the increased recall speed. Yeah, faster recall. Um, so both of those are really key late game objectives. People argue over which one's more important. I think it it's it's situational. If you can win the game by taking Baron and pushing it down and closing it out, then Baron is more important. But Elder Dragon is a permanent buff to your team. So if you can secure that, that's kind of a safer way to invest in your win. If you're not sure, you can push it out with Baron. Because then you can use that Elder Dragon buff, which is permanent, and win a team fight or, or catch someone out, then take Baron and, to, and win the game. So those are the mm-hmm. two objectives. I think one area I think... I, th- I feel like summing up how to win when you're ahead is pretty easy. Uh, right. Play smart. Don't overextend. Don't get cocky just because you've been winning like most of the game that got you to this point. Uh, honestly, like half, half most of the time, if you're that far ahead, staying grouped up is the way. Unless yeah. you're against a comp that has in, insane CC, but you need to be focusing on pushing the towers down. And at the moment you start taking their inhibs, you have to be ready to take you know you need to be thinking of how you can get barren not not lingering there because if you take an inhibitor you're starting the clock on the the whole enemy team getting to full build because they'll get they'll start getting so much gold safely farming in their their nexus that you have to you can't you can't mess around your team has to group take the key objectives whether it's going to be elder plus barren or if it's just going to be barren and you need to push it down and win you know, you don't have to like, don't kill yourself, don't get yourself killed because you're trying so hard to win in that moment. But the timer is ticking. I think people forget that and that we've been on teams where we're behind. So that's the, I feel like this is, do you want to say anything else about how you win when you're ahead? <laughs> no, no, I think yeah, it's pretty I th- well summarized. 
Yeah, I think it's just like, unfortunately, people do lose games when they're ahead. But I, I think it, it's the most important thing is pretty much like don't get overconfident and still focus on taking the key objectives so that you can win. Uh, don't focus on chasing kills unless those kills get you the objectives. Right. But playing from behind is, I think, you know, we said before, but I think it's the true measure of skills if you can play from behind and win. And it may not happen every game, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase your win rate overall, and it's going to cause you to climb the more wins Definitely. you get when you're behind. So what are key points for playing from behind late game when the death timers are long? <laughs> yeah, super long. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that highlights it right there. Death timers are super long. So you know if you die, you're going to be out of the game 45 seconds or more. Uh, that's, that's a huge blow to your team. Even if you've been not performing well all game, any kind of amount of uh, support or additional damage or whatever that you can add to the team is big. And being alive is is great i mean whether even if it's just clearing out minions like you said they're just going to continue to crash and if you can take them safely uh you will quickly get to uh, a better build than you were before um and i i think just being able to uh stay safe and evaluate basically evaluate the risk that it's going to take the the enemy team is going to be back um you know so you have to measure your objectives. So, okay, they just pushed down inhib, or maybe they were, maybe they didn't have Baron. They pushed down your inhib. They did some damage to your nexus. Now they're all gone. Where'd they go? Well, they're probably at Baron if it's up. They're probably at Elder Dragon if it's up. Um, the one thing that we see a lot is people just go face check those things, right? And now all of a sudden, you're one guy. And one of them pops out or two of them pop out and you're just insta CC'd and they just go back to killing Baron and they kill Baron, no problem. Um, if you can get your whole team to go there, you might be able to push them off Baron. And that, I think, best case scenario is somehow you manage to steal Baron and not die. Um, your more li- more than likely scenario is, is if your team can show up and push them off of Baron or instigate a team fight where they've been engaged with Baron, they're going to be weak and you're going to have an, an advantage in that you just came back to life. You have been fighting the all these minions, so you've you're kind of built up now and you're kind of walking into a uh, a weaker team where you might have yeah, the ability 6v5. to right <laughs> you yeah, your homies Baron's on your Baron. side yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you know just wait like those. you needed like we talked about this before but like and you said face checking and it's like you don't want to face check baron pit one two yeah. you need to be careful of face checking the jungle on the way oh, to yeah. baron so oh, if you sure. didn't have wolf place there already that's going to be difficult and if the enemy team's good then one of them's been removing your wards around the objective too so you're you're in this kind of fight where like you're gonna have to be hope you're gonna have to be trying to keep vision along that way so you know it's protected um 
but you're right. It's like you sometimes you can get those opportunities to t- where they take Baron and they can't take it fast, and so they're weaker. And then that's your opportunity where you can jump on them and get a you know some kind of multi kill. It doesn't happen every time, and you just you can't jump in. It's if if it's not going to happen, it's better to turtle up and just yeah. kind of ride the wave of their Baron of their Baron buff. If if you aren't confident, you know, if it's pretty far behind. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to think closing thoughts on on late game. I mean, I think late game is if 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 you're behind most of the game, late game's the only time you're going to win. And you're playing yeah. for a little like little advantages along the way while trying to be safe so that you can get to the point where they throw Right. And it yeah. won't happen Calculate every time. This. Yeah. I mean, so I, I hear this a lot too. You need to know, like, playing safe isn't, playing safe isn't inherently going to win you the game if you're already down. But also know that, like, just because that, just because you know you have to make a play doesn't mean rushing it, right? You, you have to make calculated risks. And maybe that means, okay, well, like this Oriana thought that she could 1v2 and she really couldn't. And so now they're down their Oriana. And that's huge for their team fight because her ult is off the table and all a bunch of magic damage is off the table, you know, and they're down a person just in general. So, um, but don't just go throw yourself in there saying, oh, I've got to make a play. Well, like, yeah, well, dude, and if you're just jumping into three people, I mean, and you're down. You're not going to be making a play. You're just going to be cementing our loss. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's that's a. It's like you do have to, you do have to be willing to take the risk, but you don't. You can't be eager. You can't be so eager looking for it. And you and I have both done this, where we're, where we're we're feeling the pressure because we're behind, and we're like, this person's almost dead. I'm going to yeah. go for it, and and there's somebody else there to lock you down you're dead your teammate followed you in because <laughs> you know they just they said for the horde and, tr- yeah. and charged in and now they're dead and it's like yep. you know that's that's it that's the i appreciate the, the loyalty but yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i um I'll, I'll go through the list i had made of kind of mid-game thing but you know it's B, assessing the scoreboard, checking the map status to see where the towers are up or down, who's ahead, know who the high-priority targets are so you can watch out for them, looking for opportunities to kill them, but avoiding getting killed by them because they will melt you, Uh, putting vision on the map, denying vision in key areas from the enemy, where you put vision depends on whether you you check that you checked the scoreboard you looked at the map state state and you say am i are we on offense or defense here i'm going to i'm going to put vision here or remove vision from here because of that you're always looking for opportunities to see advantages however small whether it's farming waves or taking scuttle um these are like key parts to mid game and then kind of a throwback to our first rift dojo episode but know your comp and play to its strengths instead mm-hmm. of um, you know forcing a 5v5 fight when you don't have engage or instead of 
split pushing when your main thing is going to be, you know, full team fights. <laughs> Any closing thoughts there? Ooh, actually, no, yeah, I just I remembered one. <laughs> Go ahead, though. I was just saying, I think that, that about sums it up. And there's a bunch of, I mean, this is just a general overview, right? And there's a lot yeah, of micro sure. stuff to manage, too. Um, and, and build paths and several things, decision-making things that we, we can't just, we're not going to get into it right now. Um, but I think this is a good overview, and especially uh, for mid-game going into late game. Yeah. I mean, finally, I want to close with just a thought on trolls, AFKs, <laughs> you know, the all of the things we hate and cause us to tilt. Just remember Goku, as well yeah. as the Mamba mentality. Like, it may not, you may not win the game, but you might be able to get better. And if you can get better, you'll win more games. And every once in a while, you might win one of those games you thought you were going to lose. And if you do, long term, you're going to climb. Like, you're going to get higher ranked, you're going to have more win rate. Um, I'm saying all this to remind myself and to remind Fiasco. It's like we have to take the long view. If you yeah. if you're looking to improve, then you have to be looking at that goal in the future, not the game you're winning right now. It's not just about the feeling of feeling good when you're fed. <laughs> Play great when you're fed, then like you're not a great player. <laughs> it's just cool. Like you're really good when you have a lot of kills. Everyone is, yeah, yeah, right. unless you're, yeah. Unless you're like a support that can't do damage, but um, which they exist. But other than that, you know, those are my key points. And yeah, we'll see and you guys next week. Yeah, just keep it positive, and uh, you know, we look forward to hearing more from you guys, and we'll see you out there.